It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Just kicking down. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and counseling. So I want to welcome all of our dedicated and new listeners today. And you know, really, we have a great and very important topic to discuss It's one that will change the way you think about blood sugar and the stress it puts on your body. In fact, according to the Holmes Ray Life Stress Inventory, the three most stressful life events are the death of a spouse, a divorce, and a marriage separation. (laughs) So, you know, let's just take a moment and think about this. I would say when we think about it, we would all agree, yes, those are extremely Mm overwhelming, life-changing events. Right, Kate? Absolutely. Right. And if you have ever experienced them, you probably had some physical side effects from the stress. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Maybe things like uh, weight loss or even maybe some weight gain. Yep. Maybe you weren't sleeping very good, some insomnia was happening, or that anxiety and depression Mm. set in. But... But what if I told you that what causes more stress on your body than even the top three most stressful events is really unbalanced blood sugar? You know, let's think about that for a moment. And as you mull that over in your brain, I want to introduce my co-host this morning, who with her mighty wisdom (laughs) will discuss this very new way of thinking. I'm really putting you on a pedestal this morning, Kate. Whoa. (laughs) I know. You know, I want to welcome Kate Crosby. Kate is a nutrition counselor and educator, and she counsels clients in our North Oaks office. So welcome, Kate. I have to ask you... You know, what do you think of unbalanced blood sugar causing more stress on our body than a death or even a divorce? Well, good morning, Marcy. (laughs) Woo! Right. Uh Well, your question, hmm, what do I think about that unbalanced blood sugar causing more stress? Mm. Hmm. Well, what I think of right away is, you know, our bodies are constantly trying to maintain this narrow range of blood sugar. Not too high, not too low. And it's a lot of work for our bodies. But we may not feel it necessarily the way you feel a death or a divorce. Right. Um, It's, you know, a death or a divorce. It's sad. It's angering. You know it. But low blood sugar sometimes is just there and it taxes our bodies. And that's the stress it causes. You know, I can remember many years ago when I was getting a divorce, I didn't take very good care of myself. You know, I never ate. Right. And when I did, I ate bread and bread and bread and maybe a little cheese. Any any comfort food, right? Absolutely. But I never knew that I was creating more stress and more anxiety and depression for myself at all. Right. I just never knew it. That bread was creating sort of a roller coaster ride of blood sugar highs and lows. And it made my situation much worse. It does. 
you know, however, more recently, dealing with the death of my mother, I knew a little bit more about the importance of blood sugar and keeping my blood sugar stable. So I tried to eat every three hours or every couple of hours just to keep that blood sugar even. Right. And it really helped. Did it? But Good. I had to make a huge effort to do it. You do? Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're not thinking, thinking about, about food. food. Right. No. no, that's for sure. But today we are, and we are talking about how low blood sugar can create stress on our body. Um, however, what you will learn and understand today is that we have complete control over this stress in our life, which I love. I love that fact. That's the key. It is. It's really important. Now, you know, many of our listeners might be asking, okay, if low blood sugar causes stress on my body, well, what am I doing to create this blood sugar, low blood sugar? So I, I do want to explain a little bit about blood sugar. Marcy, remember when your kids were little, right. babies, toddlers? Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember when my boys were little in that age. I was always trying to prevent that potential meltdown. Oh, yeah. Okay. I knew that if my boys didn't eat every couple of hours, they'd be angry or they might get really testy mm-hmm. or there might be a scream fest going on pretty soon. Falling that, on the floor, yeah, screaming, right? Yeah. That's low blood sugar. Now, I learned I needed to carry snacks at all times to prevent these meltdowns. It really isn't a whole lot different with adults, except we may not act out in the same way as those toddlers did. But we may get irritable mm-hmm. or anxious or faint if we don't feed ourselves every few hours to keep that blood sugar stable. That's right. That you know. So if you're maybe listening today and and uh, maybe you're a meal skipper, mm. anyone out there doing that, right? Yeah. So maybe some of you actually wake up and you don't really feel hungry, or you believe you don't have enough time to eat in the morning. Or maybe you just, you're at work and you just get too busy and you forget to eat. You know, right? You know, many of my clients use these reasons often, explaining why they're skipping meals. Exactly. So if you're a meal skipper, you are actually creating more stress on your body um, and putting it into low blood sugar. Yep. Yep. So what does low blood sugar feel like? You know, I, I, I'm struck by something that happened to me this week. I was cooking dinner the other night, and um, my husband was chatting with me, and he said, you know, I forgot to eat lunch today. And I turned to him, and I said, oh, so you are ready for a fight? And he looked at me with this, you know, funny face, and he said, no, I'm ready to faint. Right. And I thought, oh, well, his low blood sugar makes him feel faint. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, when I have low blood sugar, I get irritable and hangry, you know, that hungry, angry feeling. Exactly. Um, But some of you may feel really anxious. So for some people, it's anxiety. That's how their low blood sugar shows up. Mm. Um, For other people, they might experience low moods. They might be more depressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes people have that brain fog. You just can't think clearly. Your decision-making skills are out the door. You can't make a good decision. And in really severe low blood sugar, you might black out or faint. Actually, yes, you're right. You know, and and let's just go back to that poor decision-making. You know, has anyone ever thought of that as an effect 
of low blood sugar? Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't. Yeah. You know, so maybe we want to make some better decisions. So we need to stop skipping meals would be one Mm -hmm. way to do that. So what are you going to do instead? You know, um, if you're skipping meals, you may have, especially that breakfast. Right. You, you may have to get up 10 minutes earlier so you have enough time to get breakfast prepared. Or even better, I think sometimes for people who aren't used to getting up and preparing breakfast is prepare it the night before. Yeah, great idea. Make a protein smoothie. Freeze it. Right. Take it in the car with you. And then it's ready. It's a great idea. You know, or maybe you could even make an egg bake on Sunday and eat it throughout the week. You know, it only takes a couple minutes to warm it up. Yep. And then you have it. You know, but what if you're skipping lunch, like a lot of people do, or mm-hmm. like your husband did yeah, just last week, exactly. right? You know, you want to make sure that you prepare and pack a lunch maybe the night before. Don't wait for the last minute. You know, and I've even suggested to my clients to set an alarm on their phone so they don't forget to actually skip lunch, mm-hmm. because I hear that it's so often. I was in a meeting. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't get to right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or even snacks. They'll say, I, I, you know, I forgot my, to eat my snack. I'm like, well, just put it on your phone. Right. You know. Let it, let it remind you. Yep. So we can see that, you know, skipping meals is going to cause low blood sugar. But what if you're eating too many of those processed carbs? You know, things like corn chips. Right. Popcorn. Mm-hmm. Or muffins, pasta. You know, maybe you're running out and doing an errand. It's mid-afternoon. Oh, this is the the devilish time. It is. (laughs) (laughs) And you feel like you need something to eat. So you stop at that nearby coffee house. Right. And what do you grab? Not what she was supposed to grab. (laughs) Now, are you getting the hot coffee and putting cream in it? Now, that cream is sort of a good fat that prevents blood sugar from dropping any lower. That would be a better choice. It would. Or are you getting the white chocolate mocha and a cookie? You know, for many, it's that mocha and cookie. So why don't you explain how that's going to create low blood sugar? You know, our blood sugar rises very quickly. So when we eat a muffin or a cookie or drink that mocha, you know, what happens? Well, what's happening is then our pancreas has to pump out all this high, all this insulin which in turn then drops our blood sugar too low. Well, and this causes our body to go into stress. It does. Which may show up, like we said before, like anxiety or depression. Yeah. We can so easily, though, prevent these feelings from occurring if we stop eating those cookies and mochas. And Marcy, I think it's time yeah, it's for time break. for our first break. It is, Kate. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today we are discussing how low blood sugar is the most serious stressor we experience daily. And in the show today, we are going to learn how nutrition plays a vital role in the management of our blood sugar and the symptoms associated with unmanaged blood sugar. So if you're riding the proverbial roller coaster and have had enough, I really encourage you to listen along today and maybe even take some notes on how you can feel better, have more energy and better focus just by eating foods in balance. And if you have questions about low blood sugar and the stress it causes, please give us a call in the studio this morning. And the number here is 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor and educator. 
And we're discussing the topic of the most stressful food we eat, sugar. Now, what can you do to keep your sugar out of your meals and your snacks? And how can you keep your blood sugar balanced? You know, many people who experience these blood sugar highs and lows are eating processed foods. Those foods, you know, that are high in sugar and trans fats. Things like chips or ice cream or popcorn, muffins, bagels, pasta. You know the list. list. (laughs) (laughs) To get control over your blood sugar, it's really important to eliminate these foods, but replace them. Replace them with grass-fed protein, green leafy vegetables, healthy fats. You know, I'm just going to reiterate that if you've got any questions for us today, give us a call at 651-641-1071. But back to getting that blood sugar under control. That's right, Kate. Let's see. What can we do about that? You know, when we'll kind of go back into before break, we were talking about insulin. And, you know, insulin rises after eating even like Kate was talking about earlier, a muffin or those corn chips. And before it drops, you know, we're setting ourselves up for problems like weight gain heart disease, and diabetes. Oh, just another reason to keep that blood sugar balanced. (laughs) That's right. And speaking of diabetes, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, You know, approximately 37 million Americans are living with type 2 diabetes, and the numbers continue to grow. That's right. You know, and so maybe some of you listening are actually living with diabetes, Mm -hmm. right? And so I have to ask you, are you choosing foods to keep your blood sugar balanced or are you having a hard time keeping your blood sugar balanced? What, which is it? Yeah, well, I know I have a lot of diabetic or pre-diabetic clients who come in all the time who aren't really able to manage their blood sugars very well. And if I take a look at their diet or their, their meal plans and what they've been eating, it's really easy to understand why blood sugars are so unstable for them right all over the place you know and if you're if you're eating out sunday morning for breakfast are you ordering a meal with protein and a healthy fat or are you choosing the cinnamon roll pancakes Uh right or maybe the french toast all drenched in maple syrup that could be problematic so those last two if that's what you're choosing you know i i really encourage you to stop it because remember, you've got control to keep your blood sugar balanced. I mean, and that's power. Right. So what could you choose instead, Marcy? Well, some easy things, right? Like breakfast, you could order some eggs, maybe some bacon, some steamed veggies, maybe a little hash brown. And then, of course, you're going to top it off with some butter. <laughs> oh, no. Because why wouldn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, What about if you're waking up in the middle of the night and you can't fall back asleep because you start worrying about the next day or you worry about that argument you had with your coworker? Yeah. Is this low blood sugar? I think it is. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I think our listeners might be kind of shocked to learn that low blood sugar plays a role in our sleep, too. Uh, You know, so could low blood sugar be ruling our sleep? Oh, yeah, really? I think it may be, you know, so, you know, possibly you're having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, not sleeping enough hours, not getting into that deep sleep. Well, that could all be due to blood sugar imbalances. That's right. You know, and it's why we talk about having a bedtime snack at 
nutritional weight and wellness. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the type of bedtime snack you eat will make a very big difference. You know, so no, we are not talking about popcorn at night or some chocolate chips or a bowl of cereal at night. These are going to wake you up. Mm -hmm. So why? Well, because your blood sugar will spike. And while you sleep, blood sugar will fall and then wake you up. Yep. And so what we found is when our clients eat a bedtime snack of a carbohydrate and a healthy fat, they sleep much more deeply and they wake up feeling great. They do. They really do. I have clients say all the time, oh, I never knew I could sleep so good. <laughs> yeah. You know, so maybe throw a half a cup of berries with some delicious full fat whipping cream in a bowl. And like I tell my kids, you'll sleep like a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, another uh, bedtime snack that I've recently started doing, and you do this a lot, you yeah. recommend this for your clients a lot, is to saute a half a banana, slice it the long way in butter. Both sides. Brown it up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of delicious. Add a little cream, maybe some chopped pecans, mm-hmm. and it's really delicious. It is good. And, of course, I put cinnamon on it, so cinnamon oh, on num, everything. Num, num. Yes. Mm-hmm. So don't eat that big bowl of popcorn or ice cream because that's going to spike the blood sugar. And then it will drop and low blood sugar will wake you up. You're not going to sleep like a baby. No, you're not. <laughs> You know, and a few weeks ago, we had Dr. Mary Newport on Dishing Up Nutrition, and she shared the story of her husband and his diagnosis of Alzheimer's. The research is is telling us that Alzheimer's could actually be the third form of diabetes. Right, Marcy. You know, the brain, just like the rest of our body, needs just the right amount of sugar Mm -hmm. to have energy in our cells. However, in Alzheimer's, the sugar is blocked from helping our brain. So the brain is essentially starving to death. That's right, Kate. You know, I think that's just remarkable research. I know. You know, so what we're saying is that unbalanced blood sugar leads to even Alzheimer's. So I think it would be a good idea to put that bowl of cereal you're eating right now in the garbage or even the donut you are eating, and instead maybe have a couple of turkey breakfast sausages. You know, we have a great recipe for that on our website at weightandwellness.com. And then saute up some mushrooms and onions and coconut oil and have a little sweet potato with it. Sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've got a caller. Oh, and right. I think we should take this. Good idea. Go um, Melinda, you've got a question about your three-year-old. I do. He just recently, in the last three to four months, has been waking up several times in the night. Uh, apparently, for no reason, I've tried several different things, night lights, and trying mm-hmm. to understand if he's dreaming and stuff. Um, also struggling to go to sleep. He gets up almost instantly when we put him down. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to just be a sleeping champ, and I'm just wondering. I, we're just at that exhaustion point where we're trying to figure out. I can hear it in your everything. voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what does he eat for dinner? Um, we typically eat, you know, some sort of meat on the grill lately, um, yeah. with a vegetable, it, it, whatever is fast. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're not a big fast food family, okay. Okay. but we're not. And do you eat fat sort of- at that meal? Do you put butter on your vegetables? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do put butter on the vegetables. Sometimes we don't. It depends on. Who's in the? If it's me and my husband in the kitchen, and how fast we need to get it on the table, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
Well, the fat might be kind of important for his blood sugar, at least if, if that's what's causing him to wake up. Because mm-hmm. um, fat will prevent blood sugar from going too high or too low. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then how soon after dinner does he go to bed? We eat between 6.30 and 7.30, and then we try to get him in bath and have him be, you know, in bed between 8 and 8.30, hoping that he sleeps by 9 with this new you know, yeah. wave of getting up. But mm-hmm. before it would be like 8 o'clock, hands down. Now with the sunshine, we're not... Yeah. We're just sort of like trying to play with different times, but um, Marcy, what do you do with your kids at at bedtime? Is bedtime snack? Oh yeah, bedtime snack. Yep. So you know, just something a little bit balanced, a carbohydrate and a fat, like we always talk about. So mm-hmm. I mean, you may want to try something like that. You know, it, like a does he like bananas and not not so much not since a baby. He loves okay. as a okay. baby, but now I can't get him. What kind of fruit and, does he like? Yeah. Anything, any fruit. He is a fruit. He's a crazy fruit eater. Okay, so maybe berries and whipped cream would be really fun for him. Okay. Um, You know, it sounds like he just might need a little fat. Yeah, I would say. And he is, they are, you know, he goes to a regular daycare center where it's always a cereal in the morning and always a fruit. It's just terrible. And I, Uh, like, try to get him to have, like, turkey sausage and stuff, but he just, he's not an egg person anymore or... Uh He had one turkey sausage this morning, but I couldn't eat him to eat anymore. So I'm, I know that the protein in the morning is terrible and the fat, you know. Yeah, it's so important, as you have said. I, I think you're just going to have to encourage him along the way throughout the day. Yep. Um, and, you know, maybe some deli sandwich meat with no nitrates might help him along or something that is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks more kid-friendly or something. I'm not exactly sure for yeah. him. Right. Without yeah. seeing him. Right. Okay. Thank you again for your call. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Okay. All right. Take care. Take care. So, let's see. We were talking about balancing that blood sugar. That's right. So, let's just talk about how they can ba- how how our listeners can balance blood sugar and how to stay away from those highs and that inevitable low of blood sugar. Right. You know, being experts in nutrition, we know and have seen clinically that the role that whole real foods do for what it, what the, what it does for our bodies is oh, just it's amazing. So important. It is. And I well, think well, it's well. time for a break. <laughs> oh, whoopsie. I know. Yeah, I guess so. I shouldn't have gone into that. I'm sorry. No. Well, already time for another break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Is there such a thing as sugar addiction? Hmm. Now, research says there is. Research from a few years back studied rats and their consumption of sugar, and they took two different groups of rats and let them choose between water sweetened with regular table sugar or intravenous cocaine. And what do you think the researchers found? Could it be that sugar was more addictive than cocaine? On the other side of our break, we're going to give you the answer. But now we're going to give you a little time to contemplate it and come to your own conclusion. If you've got questions for us today on low blood sugar and the stress it puts on your body, call us in the studio at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I am Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist. And so before we went to break, we were discussing a study where rats were given the choice between sweetened water with table sugar 
or intravenous drugs. So what did you all come to the conclusion with? (laughs) Well, you may be shocked to learn that 94% of the animals chose the sweetened water over the cocaine. You know, and this even continued after the rats were injected with the drug. And no matter how much cocaine the rats received, the majority of them still preferred the sugar. Isn't that remarkable? That is incredible. It is just crazy. You know, those people who are really sensitive to sugar will attest (laughs) to the oh (laughs) yes, the power it has over them. One minute they're clean and they take sugar out of their diet and the minute they introduce a little bit it they're often running to the races fighting that battle event again, again against you know trying to eat that sugar that's right kate so we've got a caller here marcy um let's take that all right let's uh, do it lynn you've got a question yes i was <clears throat> my doctor recommended that i start an adrenal supplement. I did the spit test and in the morning my adrenals are registering like at 55 mm-hmm. and the normal range is what between 3 and 11. Mm-hmm. So wondering what type of a adrenal supplement? Well, you know, first of all, Lynn, I would um, address a couple of different issues. When we have sort of adrenal fatigue or adrenals are a little bit out of balance. Um, The first thing that you've got to do is balance your blood sugar. And that's what we're talking about today. So you've got to eat every couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And you've got to eat protein, a healthy fat like avocado or cream or butter or coconut oil or coconut milk and some veggie carbohydrates every three hours to keep that blood sugar stable. Because if it goes too low, it taxes your adrenal glands. We want those adrenal glands to be held in reserve only for major emergencies, a fire, a right. car accident, <laughs> something like that. And the second piece to the puzzle when you've got adrenal glands that are sort of suffering or imbalanced or overworked is you've got to sleep. So do you sleep? I do. Um, okay. You want to sleep about eight hours. You want to... Get a really good, deep, rested sleep, because if not, again, your adrenal glands are going to be taxed. So um, I would insist upon those two things first, and you know, um, I would I wouldn't rely on a adrenal on a supplement. supplement per se. Mm-hmm. I think those other two things are going to give you a bigger bang for your buck in all different directions. It's going to balance your blood sugar. It's going to help you with weight loss if that's an issue, prevent heart disease, blah, blah, blah. Great. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for your call. All right. Good question. So let's uh, jump back on the bandwagon here with how do we want to, how can we balance our blood sugar? Well, it really all goes back to eating the weight and wellness way. And just like I was telling um, Lynn, you know, that means eating protein, carbohydrates, mostly in the form of those vegetables and some Mm -hmm, fruit. That's right. And then having some of those delicious, healthy fats. Right, right. You know, it's so easy. Real food, right? It's been around a long time and you can find it anywhere, really. I know. (laughs) It's amazing. So... What else can we do? Well, as I noted before, you really got to focus on eating 
three meals a day and three snacks, which ends up being, you know, eating every two and a half, three hours, because that's going to stabilize that blood sugar. You know, I, I hear all the time from clients that once they begin eating throughout the day like that, they have more focus and energy. It's uh, one of the great rewards of our job. Oh, it is. And um, you hear it all the time. You hear it. You see it in their faces. Mm-hmm. Their skin is glowing. They've got bright, clear eyes. Yeah. You know, I just had a client last week. She, um, I was talking with her and she's like, I just can't believe the overnight change or how yes. much energy I had. Yes. She was really amazed, you know. So it's fun to hear that. It is. It's great. And, um, you know, has anyone even maybe felt unfocused or scattered during the day? That's another, you know, symptom of unbalanced blood sugar. Mm -hmm. You know, I have even had moments of that and I get so easily frustrated because I'm not being as efficient as I want to be. And, you know, that I know then that I've let my blood sugar get too low. Mm hmm. So you might be um, curious to know what happens to a diabetic who goes too long without eating. Oftentimes, you know, that person will black out or have some unusual behavior like uncontrollable shaking. Right. That's low blood sugar in action. And it looks and feels scary. It does. You know, it is scary when you see a diabetic hit that low blood sugar But what's also scary are the teenagers who are drinking energy drinks or coffee and skipping breakfast. Even scarier, maybe. (laughs) Very true, Marcy. And then they head out and maybe take their driver's test. Right. With kind of that unfocused mind and the caffeine high. Mm -hmm. And we all know that that makes you feel jittery and and increases your anxiety. It's certainly not a way to be behind the wheel. And especially not taking your driver's test. Oh, exactly. You know, so what can they do? You know, maybe they um, have a protein smoothie or some Mm -hmm. eggs Mm -hmm. and, you know, a wassail light rice cracker with some butter on it. Something simple. You know, for some reason, uh, rye has been known to stabilize blood sugar while, you know, the bagel or the whole wheat toast puts this blood, puts us on a that blood sugar roller coaster ride. Yep. You know, and maybe even in addition, they would have a better chance of passing that test and that important driver's test that they definitely want to pass. (laughs) I think for sure. You know, I have clients that come in every day and they're dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first place I start is to explain to them how low blood sugar really is setting them up for poor mental health. Right. And that might be a new thought. It sets them up for anxiety. Low blood sugar is often linked to anxiety. It really is. You know, I have so many people coming in with anxiety. And recently, I have had many teenage girls and boys come in with increasing anxiety. You know, so why is this happening more frequently? You know, especially with this age group. Mm, Well... I think you and I know that if you look at what they eat, it wouldn't take us long to figure out why this is happening so often. I know, I know. You know, today teenagers are skipping meals, eating maybe only one meal a day, eating fast food, or they're filling up on those protein bars that really, really, Mm. they're nothing more than a glorified candy bar. You know, and these foods really send us into this high blood sugar, and within a short time, drops to that low blood sugar, and then the moods begin. Mm -hmm. The anxiety increases, 
hey, that poor decision-making happens. Yep. And that poor decision-making sends them right back into eating the processed foods. Right. And the cycle continues. Yep. You know what? And I think it's time for another break. It is. It's our uh, last break. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor and educator. You know, this past week, the New York Times wrote a fantastic article about new, new research done on the contestants from the TV show, The Biggest Loser. And what they fo- found may surprise you. Researchers followed the cast from the 2009 season for about six years. And the man who won that year lost an amazing 239 pounds in seven months. Wow. <laughs> Going from 430 pounds to 191 pounds. But despite his best efforts, he has gained 100 pounds back, and so have the other contestants Mm -hmm. from that season. So the question to the scientist Kevin Hall was, why? Why is this happening? Well, it has to do with resting metabolism, which means how much your body burns when it's at rest. You know, at the beginning of the show, all of the contestants had normal resting metabolism. Hmm. However... By the end of the season, each of them had radically slowed their metabolism. Their bodies were not burning enough calories to maintain their new size. Mm -hmm. It's been shown that anybody who diets will inevitably have a slower metabolism when the diet ends. But what is the remarkable piece of research is even after years went by, their metabolisms didn't recover. Wow. Even as their body weight increased. But rather, their metabolisms continued to decrease. Decrease. Yeah. So it's harder and harder to maintain that weight. So the man who won The Biggest Loser in 2009 now burns 100 fewer calories per day than a man for his size. Stunning, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So when you're looking for a quick weight loss, maybe this new research will give you pause and help you realize that eating balanced and losing weight slowly is what your body really needs for long-term health and weight loss. We will be back in a minute from uh, for this break. You can reach us at 651-641-1071 if you've got any questions. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist. And before we get back to our topic of low blood sugar and the amount of stress stress it puts on your body, you know, I want to encourage any of you that are seeing the seasons change and ready for a change yourself, mm-hmm. that we have our fantastic Nutrition for Weight Loss class series and we'll be beginning the week of May 17th in, you know, various um, nutritional weight and wellness locations. This class provides 12 weeks of nutrition education and teaches you how real food can change your life and your waistline. Yes. Right? (laughs) So call one of our seven offices at 651-699-3438 to register, or you can just go to weightandwellness.com. Perfect. All right. So let's get back to our topic. You know, before the break, we were discussing how poor decision making sends these teenagers, you know, back into the processed food cycle. Which creates that low blood sugar. That's right. That's right. You know, and so there might even be some of them out there following that starvation diet. Uh, Right? Yep. You know, hardly eating a thing at all. 
hardly eating a thing at all for the sake of vanity. You know, thin is in, which very often times means health is out. (laughs) That's for sure. Yep. You know, I know this was really true for me when I was struggling with anorexia and I was hardly eating. You know, my anxiety was so intense and overwhelming because I had such low blood sugar all the time. Oh, God. It's terrible. Well, when you started eating balanced, though, Marcy, did the anxiety diminish? Oh, yeah. You know, really, it changed my life. You know, and it's an easy equation, right? We just have to put it together. Yep. You eat the protein, the carbohydrates, and more in the way of those green leafy vegetables and fruits, and then incorporate those healthy fats at all of our meals and snacks. So basically, you're saying eat balance throughout the day. Stay away from the processed foods like cookies and popcorn and rice cakes. That's right. You know, I have clients tell me a a lot that they are eating cereal and that low-fat milk, Mm. or they're having a Yo-Play yogurt with fruit, or maybe they are grabbing a banana as they run out the house. Yep. Or even worse, they're not eating at all. Then they tell me they are anxious or they can't focus. So, Kate, what would you suggest? Well... Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's just like you were going to suggest. Right. You know, all those, you know, I see those clients as well. And all those foods that you just talked about, they turn to sugar in our bodies. And while we need a little bit, mm-hmm. we need just the right amount. And that's just too much. That's right. Um, I would probably tell them to have a couple of eggs. Yeah. Cooked in some coconut oil, mm-hmm. add a little spinach, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some bell peppers. Have a half a cup of sweet potatoes and that will keep your blood sugar balance throughout the day oh well and that sounds delicious yeah and you know a lot of times after my clients start eating this way they'll even say i just feel so much more calm and focused Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and then we run into snack time you know again it is a challenge it really is get getting in those snacks um you know and it's hard to balance the snack or maybe we you know, your clients are skipping them all together. Yeah. Well, clients really do struggle with snacks, but a lot of times we'll talk about how tired they are in the afternoon and all they think about is food. <laughs> right. That's, so, yeah. Right. So, this is again low blood sugar causing that afternoon slump and the ruminating food thought. Mm-hmm. Our mind really wants to be calm and it wants energy. So are you out there reaching for some vending machine chips or maybe M&Ms? You know, the one snack I like to suggest to clients is making half of a protein smoothie. Oh, right. It's a little sweet. It it usually tastes just really good and it's very satisfying. It's got some good protein using some of our protein powders like whey or, you know, that beef protein beef powder. Beef protein and that's excellent. It's got plenty of fat to keep your blood sugar stable. You know, other times I'll tell clients, don't worry about the snacks. Make two lunches. Oh, great idea. Half a lunch for morning snack. (laughs) The other half of that lunch is your afternoon snack. And your other lunch is your lunch. Yeah, it takes the thinking right out of it. It does. It really does. You know, or you could always do a couple of ounces of like some deli meat ham, nitrate free, um, throw on some full-fat cream cheese and roll up a dill pickle in it. Num. I you love know, that one. Right. It, it's so much better than the chips or the M&Ms that will always put you back into low blood sugar. And then another poor decision with your nutrition will be made. <laughs> <That's often laughs> so listen happens. to us. You know, or, you know, I get concerned about people who are on a gluten-free diet and they start mm-hmm. filling up on gluten-free products, which really are 
very full of sugar. You know, when fat or gluten is taken out of a product, sugar is usually put in so it tastes good. That's right. I mean, they have to do something. You know, so maybe you're out running errands and you didn't pack a snack and suddenly you're starving. Mm -hmm. So you pass by a gluten-free cookie at the co-op and think, hmm, gluten-free, good for me. Uh (laughs) Right? All because low blood sugar in your body was craving sugar. It needs it at that point. It can't distinguish between good and bad sugar at that point. No. So do you think the audience is hearing our message that many of us are ruled by our blood sugar? Imagine that. We are ruled by our blood sugar. I know, Kate. You know, it is new information and a new thought to process. But if a person can understand that they are making nutrition decisions based on their low blood sugar, they are armed with the knowledge of knowing they have the power. It is not out of their control. In fact, it is all in their control. That's pretty powerful. Just another thing I love about this job of teaching clients about blood sugar and how they hold the key to weight loss. Or better moods, right? Or more focus, or more energy, just by keeping their body out of low blood sugar. That's right. It's so true. Let's not be ruled by our blood sugar. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. So, How about a little recap. Yeah, let's let's see what did we learn today. You know, um, there, let's just kind of remind our listeners about the highlights of today. Sure. Yeah. Well, one thing is if you're skipping meals. You're creating a lot of stress on your body. Number one. You know, and what does that stress look like? It's poor decision making, not sleeping good, maybe uh, a disease like diabetes or Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Uh, another point is eating processed foods will quickly create an imbalance your blood sugar, leading to that low blood sugar. That's right. So that's why we're always talking about eating every two and a half to three hours is really going to be good to keep that blood sugar balance throughout the day. Keeps good focus, keeps good moods. So, so important. It is. It really is. You know. And that's kind of the crux of our show today. It is. It to- I hope you all enjoyed it. You know, thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And if you found this show interesting, please share it with a friend or a family member because it could really change their life. You know, our message each week is how eating real food supports your health. It's a simple but powerful life-changing message. And be sure to tune in next week, right, to listen to Dar, Carolyn, and Teresa. They're going to discuss how to change your habit with fast food. It's a perfect show, a perfect follow-up to this topic. Very much. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Looks like we're going to get rid of some of this... uh fog and and smoke that's out there that's right and burn off (laughs) thanks for listening today thanks for listening to dishing up nutrition if you enjoy this podcast please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on itunes stitcher or iHeartRadio. the content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters they are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent disease product statements have not been evaluated by the fda